welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the third chapter. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his thrashing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated again. Welcome, and uh, what a interesting day, given the beauty of yesterday. We are powerfully reminded by nature itself of uh, this time of year, Uh, and we celebrate. Uh, our penitential season of Advent as the church celebrates the penitential season of Lent later in the spring. Lent being to Easter as Advent is to Christmas, a time to prepare, a time to prepare as the second uh, Sunday in Advent reminds us. And so it is on this December the 8th with the singing of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the second candle on the wreath has been lit. 
Christmas trees are decorated in many homes and have made appearance here in the church as well. And thank you to so many hands that have, uh, have made ready, who have prepared us for that which is to come, the very essence of Advent. Christmas is but days away. And as I look at my own calendar, and I suspect many of you at yours, distractions as well as opportunities are in competition with one another these days. That you hear my voice at all, that you come to worship at all, suggests that you are more tuned in, you are more focused than many upon the spiritual significance of these December days. We have just heard from the gospel which in its original language was simply titled, according to Matthew, Katamation. Matthew recount John the Baptist's cry to prepare, to prepare. From the Jordan's banks, John cautioned those who sought only the experience but not the commitment. John warned off in startlingly dramatic terms the trolling, to use a contemporary, uh, contemporary word, the, the trolling Sadducees and Pharisees conspicuously showing up with the words, who warned you? Prepare the way of the Lord. The words of Isaiah were the very heart of John's message. John did not know what, but I suggest that he knew that something more powerful than he was stirring throughout the land, the promised land. Now, unlike Luke, unlike Luke, who sought through his gospel to spread Jesus' message among the nations, among the Gentiles. And that's repeated, right? The nations, the Gentiles, all not Jewish. Matthew's gospel, by contrast, was not appealing to those outside the Jewish community so much as within it. For Matthew was a Jew appealing to Jews through the witness of the Hebrew prophets. And therefore, as we read together in Matthew this coming year, you will hear many citations and many reminders of the words of the prophets, the great ones of old, prophetic words that were about to find their fulfillment. The Hebrews of the first century, those around Matthew, lived in constant anticipation of a long-promised Messiah, meaning anointed one. That Messiah would not only fulfill the words of the prophet, the prophets of old, such as Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and, and others, but the Messiah would usher in a time of longed-for peace. Thus, Matthew's aim was to point out how it was that Jesus of Nazareth, through his life, his death, and his resurrection, fulfilled the prophet's words, even if Jesus had fulfilled them in unanticipated ways. 
For you see, rather than the expected mighty warrior of a Messiah, Jesus appeared as the humble servant. And because Jesus was not what the people had expected, Matthew sought to explain how and that through the resurrection, Jesus was nevertheless proved to be the Messiah, the long-awaited one. Indeed, Jesus' earliest followers considered themselves steadfastly part of the Jewish community. And the earliest of the church's celebrations and holidays paralleled the feasts of the Jews. Today, the church pauses on its Advent journey to hear the voice of, as Isaiah put it, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, and to honor the prophets of old upon whom, whose words Matthew relied. John the Baptist cried out, prepare the way of the Lord. And John reminded God's people through Isaiah's words that the time indeed was no longer afar off, but was at hand. Matthew, the evangelist, provides for us uh, a rather colorful description of John the Baptist, does he not? Rough dress, living off the land in the wilderness, the Judean wilderness, locusts, wild honey. John is described, though, in particular language as a man of singular purpose. Although he and Jesus doubtless had played together as children in the fullness of time, the bloom of their adult lives, I suspect the two had traveled separate paths. I observe, isn't that your own experience with former playmates and childhood friends? Just like that, you came to travel different paths. John and Jesus were simply pulled into different directions, both toward their inevitable destiny. One to be the herald, the other to be the Messiah. And Matthew tells us that it was when John's eyes fell upon many of the Sadducees and Pharisees who were attracted and came out to see and hear his public appearances at the Jordan River where John announced a baptism unto repentance to this ever-growing crowd that John railed against those bejeweled peacocks who came out with the words, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. And again, among the things Matthew helps us understand about the Baptist, it's that tact does not appear to have been among John's most endearing qualities. But I suggest that John recognized in those insincere spiritual interlopers a deep and persistent problem in human nature. And the problem was and is remains this, a belief 
that what one presents on the outside is also reflective of what will be found on the inside, within. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were coming for baptism, but for the wrong reasons. They had no inclination toward repentance, but only toward being part of the the most recent, the current religious phenomenon, and John the Baptist just happened to be it. But John would have none of it. John warned off the self-righteous. John warns off the self-righteous saying, do not presume to say to me, we have Abraham as our father, because I tell you, God is able to raise up from these stones children to Abraham. Okay? The call was to repentance. John would have none of what formerly sustained the place of the privileged, rank and title, power and position. Such things mattered not at all to the Baptist, for John was not there to be the center of attention. John appeared to point, point toward the one who was to come, to come. Advent. John's ministry was to point to the future. And the future was Jesus of Nazareth. Well, soon after today's encounter, John and Jesus were reunited at the River Jordan. And there, in dramatic fashion, the mantle would be passed from one to the other. John to Jesus. And then over the ensuing three years, Jesus would increase. And John soon suffer the fate of many a prophet. But before that could happen, the words of the prophet Isaiah awaited their fulfillment. Do you see how that would have spoken to those Jewish converts, those Jewish Christians of the first century? John was not baptizing to affirm the spiritual curiosity of the Sadducees and Pharisees. John was at the Jordan River to serve hungry people desperate to experience God's presence, God's intervention in their lives. So it is. We look to the front of the church. We look in our homes. We see around us everywhere preparations for Christmas. But as we prepare let us resolve not to rush past the message of John the Baptist. Let Advent be Advent. Let us not be fooled into thinking that what is done on the outside in any way authenticates 
what is within. For, as we know, a lavish exterior can in fact conceal a tragically broken interior. Even as the humblest of exteriors can be home for a loving heart. I ask you how consistent is that with Jesus' own incarnation, with his birth, born a king, yet in a manger stall. Christmas will give us time to think about that. And so today, to be sure, prepare your homes as Christmas approaches. Preparing is good. But even more so, do not neglect the matters of the heart. Emmanuel comes, and upon his appearing, it will be as it always has. It will be the humble heart that best receives him. I think that why I we are most moved by the faith of a child, so simple, so unconflicted. And it's also why we need to be reminded, we adults need to be reminded of this message every year. It is why Advent precedes Christmas, even as Lent precedes Easter. For from the humble heart wells up Rejoicing. <laughs> rejoice. Rejoice. That's next week in the rose-colored candle. Come next week as we continue. Come next week as God's faithful rejoice. For it will be through rejoicing that we ultimately come to behold he who was, he who is and is to come, having traveled this Advent journey, it will then be for us our Christmas. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.